Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy continues a series called Psalms of Trust. The life that is overshadowed by a sense of God's grace, greatness, and glory, which is discovered and experienced in worship, the life that is overshadowed by that reality is never overwhelmed by life's reality. Drawing near to God pushes fear away. Welcome to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. Today, Philip encourages us to live in biblical balance and he cautions us against overreading God's promises because some of us may scratch our heads in confusion when the verses of Psalm 91 don't exactly play out like we hope. So, what is God promising in these powerful verses? In a message titled Shelter in Place, we're learning that God will surely protect us whether He takes us out of trouble or takes us through it. If you missed the first segment, listen online at ktt.org. Here's Philip. Keep your Bible open at Psalm 91. Message I've called Shelter in Place. Because Psalm 91 begins with these words, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. You know, you and I should be thankful for the things that God gives us. But we should also be equally thankful for the things he keeps from us. When you and I go before God in a spirit of gratitude, not only thank him for his provision, thank him for his protection, what he has given and what he has kept from us. God's preserving grace is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to think about the bullets that missed us. I think John Calvin's right when he wrote, when you look back on life from the perspective of eternity, we're going to see that the power of Satan was so great and the weakness of our flesh so feeble and the hostility of the world so strong that every day of our life, if God had not intervened, we would never have made it through 24 hours. It's true. And that's what Psalm 91 is celebrating. The way I've outlined the psalm is in verses 1 to 2, you have the delivered. You have the testimony of a man who has been delivered because of his trust in God, and he gives testimony to that fact. Verses 1 to 2, the delivered. Then verses 3 to 13, the deliverance, as the psalmist encourages others to trust God for deliverance in the face of danger. And then in verses 14 to 16, you have the deliverer. We have the commitment of God. In a series of I wills, we have divine intention communicated in regards to the preservation of the saints of God. Let's look at verses 1 to 2, first of all. The delivered. The delivered. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. As we've just said, the psalmist is speaking to himself 
and for himself. The style is anticipatory. The tone is personal because God is my refuge and my fortress. There's a clear and present danger that is inherent in the text. And the psalmist, like David of old in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, he encourages himself in the Lord. He reminds himself that, you know what, if you dwell in the hiding place of God Almighty, you will abide under the shadow of his care and keeping. The psalmist is a witness to God's grace in preserving providence. He's not a victim to fearful circumstances. You're a witness to the sufficiency of God's presence and power. But here's the point. Here's the takeaway. Here's what works for Monday morning. Those who abide in God, those who make God their dwelling place, don't need to hide from danger. This isn't about hiding from danger. This man's life was full of danger. Those to whom he will speak in verses 13 to 16 lived in the face of danger. That's not the issue. This isn't a promise that God will hide you from danger. This is a promise that as you hide in God, you can exist with calm and confidence in the danger. And let me remind you this. Here's the promise of this text. Dwelling with God and living for God is the safest path in life. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, the shade of the Almighty. He is my refuge and fortress. My God in Him I will trust. What is being nailed home is the security and the safety that's found in the presence of God in the midst of danger. Remember, this isn't a shielding from danger. This is a shielding in the presence of God in the midst of danger. Listen, the issue in life is not, are you near danger? The issue in life is, are you near God in the midst of the danger? Don't worry about danger being near. That's not a problem if you're near God and you're in His will. Because I think this psalm teaches what many have said across the years. A man or woman of God is immortal until their work is done. If God has got something for you to do, you won't die until you've accomplished it. Psalm 91 is reminding us of that fact. You know, just recently I read a a wonderful book on women of faith and courage by Vance Christie. And one of the characters in the book was Corrie ten Boom. And he tells the story in the book of how when they were living in Harlem in, in Holland, the Germans had set up an airstrip there, and the, the Allies had come several times and bombed it. And during one particular night, during one of these air raids, Corrie ten Boom was awakened, not only by the sound of, of what was going on in the distance, but she was awakened by the sound that something was stirring in the kitchen, and she went downstairs and found her sister Betsy in the kitchen. And they joined each other for a cup of tea around the kitchen table. And after a while, after the fighting had kind of tapered off, she returned to her bedroom in the dark. And as she was about to get into her bed, she put her hand on the pillow and found herself cut by a sharp object. She grabbed it, went downstairs. Her sister Betsy joined her. And in the light, they realized that there was a bomb fragment, a piece of shrapnel that had come through the roof of the home and onto her pillow. And as they sat there, Corrie ten Boom looked at her sister and she said, Betsy, if I hadn't have heard you in the kitchen, and before she could say anything more, here's what her sister said, don't say it. 
putting a finger over her mouth, she went on to say, there are no ifs in God's world and no places that are safer than other places. The center of his will is our only safety. Oh, Corey, let us pray they will always know it. Wow. That is the safest place, God's will, which is discovered and lived out of a life that's dwelling in God's presence and pursuing his glory and worship. Let's move on. Verses 1 to 2, what I called the delivered. The psalmist is speaking to himself and speaking for himself and giving testimony to where he's at in life. I will say, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. But now he introduces us to a second focus. The psalmist has not only been speaking for his own benefit, he has been speaking for others' benefits. This is verses 3 to 13, what I call the deliverance. It's one long, expansive, rich reassurance and restatement that God can be trusted to deliver and cover his people. Look at the language, verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. He shall cover you by his feathers, verse 4. Look at verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you, verse 10. No evil shall befall you. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you. Having spoken to himself, I will say of the Lord, he now speaks to others and encourages them to put their faith in God. That's something we just don't want to miss. The psalmist seeks to communicate a confident trust in God. He wants to edify the community of faith. He wants to remind them that comfort and strength is found by trusting in God. Here's the point that struck me. In a time of crisis, this man did not add to the crisis. He didn't feed fears. He fed faith. You know what? There's a lot of scaremongers on television. There's a lot of scaremongers on the internet, and I am in no way downplaying the severity and the size of this plague and problem that we're facing. And while we need to hear prudent warnings of the danger, both at the national level and certainly within the life of the church, we need people to feed faith, not fear. We need people to generate confidence, to give people hope, to steady their nerves, to give them a place to look beyond the problem. Can I just challenge you, whether you're talking on the phone, talking to your family, or writing an email, or posting a blog, don't be a spiritual chicken little. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. That's not the language of faith. Yes, we're to be prudent, we're to be realistic. But listen to the language of the psalmist. God shall deliver you. God shall cover you. God will be with you. Be a Barnabas. Be a son of encouragement. You know the story I've told before of the, the salesman who was on the road. He was on the, the kind of back end of his time away from his family. He was tired. He was missing his wife. He was missing his kids. And he pulls into a little diner off the side of the road one night. He sits down rather discouraged. And the lady comes along and just plops the menu in front of him. And, you know, he looks at it. 
And when she comes back, she asks him what he wants, and he looks up with a kind of a forlorn look, and he said, you know what, lady, I'd love the meatloaf and a kind word. And she goes away. Sometime later, she comes back. She just plops the plate down with the meatloaf on it and the mashed potatoes. She turns away, and he stops her and says, but what about the kind word? To which he turns around and says, don't eat the meatloaf. <laughs> you know what? All of us need a kind word. All of us need to be encouraged. We need others to paint a smile on our face through what they share. And the psalmist does that. I love that. Now, let me say this before we look at a couple of things quickly. I do want you to notice that the deliverance is required. The deliverance is required. I mean, we need to know that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We need to know that God is our refuge and fortress, that we abide under His wings, and He will shield us in the day of battle. We need to know that because the dangers are many. And if you read the language of verses 3 to 13, there's an array of threats that are described. They're seen, they're unseen, they're human, they're demonic, they're supernatural, they're natural. I don't have time to get into it all, but the language of the snare of the fowler, the language of pestilence and plague, the language of shields and arrows, the language of wild animals and the wicked, it's clear that this man acknowledging that for the saint of God there are plots to be survived, there are battles to be fought, there are plagues to be overcome, there are demons to oppose. That could well be a reference to animals in verse 13, but sometimes animals are used in the Bible to speak of predatory people or demonic forces. And the fact that God gives angels charge over that seems to infer that somewhere in the mix of this language, there's an unseen war going on. There's a spiritual battle going on. There are demons arrayed against the people of God, let alone natural circumstances. And you'll notice the threat level, it's high and it's constant. Look at those verses that jump out at us. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lies waste at noonday. Day and night, midnight and midday. It's constant. I like the way someone has put it. Faith happens in a hostile world, not in the mystical ambient light of a Gothic cathedral. Faith works itself out in the middle of enemies, not in the silent chambers of the soul or only in the company of folks who are poorly intended. It's true. Maybe I could illustrate it further, but remember that scene in the series, The Band of Brothers, which follows a company of paratroopers from their training to D-Day and through the European campaign. It's a marvelous testimony to these men's resilience and, and courage. One of the things I liked about that was the live interviews at the end of each episode. And, and one of the main characters is Lieutenant Richard Winters. And how was the mainstay for the men? A cool head, a good commander, brave. And there's one scene in particular during the Battle of the Bulge where they're kind of heading into danger. And as some troops are leaving the front line, one of them turns to Lieutenant Winters and said, you know what? You guys are going to be surrounded very soon. To which Lieutenant Winders replies, we're par troopers. We're meant to be surrounded. We need to embrace that kind of spirit. We're the saints of God amidst the wicked. 
We're in the world, but not off it. We're the lambs. They're the wolves. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We're meant to be surrounded. It is a war. It is a battle. But we have a wonderful captain. Now, let's look at the deliverance here. The psalmist is writing out of his own experience. He has declared his own faith in God. He now turns to the community of faith and he addresses perhaps a particular individual. Steve Lawson may well be right. Maybe it is a commander. Maybe could it be King David going into battle where he turns to a soldier or soldiers and tells them how God will deliver them and cover them as the arrows rain down, as the war continues and sickness comes? Whatever the case, two aspects of the deliverance. Number one, the meaning and the means. The meaning and the means. Let me say this. This is a psalm about danger, right? But there's a danger with this psalm. And the danger is we will overread its promise. Because at first glance, it seems to be a get-out-of-jail card. You know? It's not going to come nigh you. You're not going to get sick. The arrow is not going to hit you. You're not going to die. And if you keep reading that language, which is stark and dramatic, you could be in danger of overreading the promise. That if you trust God, you'll never be sick. If you trust God, you'll never have a fight in your hand. You'll be healthy and wealthy and wise. This psalm has been happy hunting ground for the purveyors of the false gospel of health and wealth. This is a psalm about danger, no doubt, and there's a wonderful promise from God in the midst of that danger, but we're in danger of overreading it. If you look at the text, you'll see that God promises to do one of two things. And remember that most men of God believe that we are immortal until our work is done. In a sense, we can be bulletproof. We can know a great measure of deliverance. But you know what? It's not absolute all the time. The testimony of Scripture is there to reinforce that. Our own experience tells us that. Reading a Christian biography and history is another, you know, voice in that argument. No, no, here's what's being promised. We are being promised deliverance from our trials. Sometimes God does deliver us from them, right out of them. He removes them or removes us from them. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. But I want you to notice verse 4. Not only does God promise to deliver us from them or out of them, but he doesn't always do that. There's another deliverance, and that is a deliverance in them. A deliverance from fear. A deliverance from surrender. A deliverance from spiritual collapse. Look at verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. God's either going to deliver us from, or he's going to cover us in. That's the balance. Be careful what you do with the text. Don't overread it. It certainly gives us confidence, but it shouldn't lead to recklessness, and it shouldn't lead to false promises. In fact, if you scroll down to verse 15, you've got both of those things together. What do we read? He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. Either God will be with us in the trouble, or he will deliver us from it. 
There it is. In fact, could I remind you that this psalm was quoted by Satan in the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can write it down, look at it later. Matthew 4, 6, where Satan takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple. Then he quotes Psalm 91 about how God has given angels charge over you so that they'll keep your ways and in their hands you'll bear you up and your feet won't dash against the stone. And you know what Satan is saying? You know, if you are the Messiah, jump off, prove it to us. Prove Psalm 91. What does Jesus reply? You shall not test the Lord your God. Jesus is reminding us that while this is a wonderful promise, it can be overread. It can lead to presumption, irresponsibility, where it fails to strike the balance within the text. A balance that Warren Wearsby preached about one day. And after he had talked about you know, the troubles and the trials that sometimes God allows his people to go through and doesn't deliver them from. A man approached him and chastised him and criticized him and said, you know what, haven't you ever read chapter 11 of Hebrews, how God delivered all of those heroes of the faith, Abraham, Moses, and all the others who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, escaped the edge of the sword. What do you say about that? And that's certainly true. God did all of that, and in some cases, God will do all of that. But Wearsby didn't stop. And he wasn't intimidated by the man's answer because he knew his Bible, and he knew the balance of the Bible, and he knew the danger of overreading promises. And he went to the man and he said, but what about verse 35 in Hebrews 11, where it talks about others? Others who were tortured and refused to be released. Others who were flogged, chained, and put in prison. Others who were sawn in two. So the meaning of the deliverance is that God will either deliver us from, and that's a wonderful thing, and He has, and He does, but He will also cover us in. And He will deliver us from surrendering to the circumstances and caving into our fears and becoming a prisoner to our anxieties. There's more we can learn from Psalm 91, and Philip DeCourcy will continue the message tomorrow on Know the Truth. But right now, if you're a new listener or have never reached out before, we want to send you a free devotional newly written by Pastor Philip. It's titled, Seven Days of Truth Resting in God's Faithfulness, and it highlights passages from the book of Psalms and encourages believers to practically embrace God's faithfulness in order to face the burdens and choices of life. Request this free gift when you go online to ktt.org. Now, perhaps you've been listening to Know the Truth for a while, and you like what we're doing and want to take your support a step further. Well, when you give a generous one-time gift or sign up to give monthly as a Truth Ambassador, you not only help listeners receive the guidance of God's Word through this Bible teaching broadcast, but you help countless men and women listening via the Internet, on their mobile devices, and through our printed resources. Our generous listeners are essential to this ministry. So, would you consider partnering with us? Call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. And when you do, we'll send you our thanks with a book titled Seasons of Sorrow. Whether you're working through a season of sorrow or comforting others in theirs, this book will be an encouragement. Learn how God is still sovereign and good in times of loss and how it's possible to love Him more than you loved Him before. It's yours with a gift of any amount. 
But if your gift is $40 or more, you can also request the companion resource, the Psalms of Trust Personal Devotional Booklet, along with direct online access to the entire Psalms of Trust Statements of Faith series. Filled with sermon notes and study guides for each sermon this month, this devotional booklet will act as a personal guide as you delve into this encouraging series. So call today, that's 888-644-8811, or give online at ktt.org. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. Come back tomorrow when Philip DeCourcy concludes his message, Shelter in Place, Thursday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free.